And here we are, live on the Bastards. Oh, the Inglorious Bastards. At that. Does that look dark? Oh, it got lighter there. Okay. It does look a little dark. Let me know that. I wonder if we have out. sound today. How could we even check? I don't have. My hair looks fine. Let us know if we have sound out there. Yeah. Sound is on. It's plugged in. You're plugged, oh, okay. sort of plugged in. Alright, checking everything out. Wow, Roger, uh, big news. Hey, what is it, Bruce? What's the big news? We bought the farm, bought you the farm. Bought. It actually happened. So we didn't put a proposed contract on the farm. We bought the farm. So we know, <clears throat> what's, how do you say it? There is a God who still does miracles. <laughs> we had 48 churches that feel like Caesar. <laughs> we had 48 churches that signed off on the farm. And so now the farm is our farm, although technically it's owned by Alabama Farm Credit. We bought it. You're partners. They own You're it. partners with them. We are partners. You know, we have right. stock that there now. Ah. Yeah, as a part of getting in, you have to you, you put $1,000 up at closing <laughs> to have stock. And I'm like, do we get a cow for that? He said, no. You get 200 shares. I'm like, okay. So, That's a good question, though. I mean, I, I can mention some countries' shares would come in. Well, and it's stock. a farm credit. You know, right. we're buying stock, and I'm right. like, a cow would be good. <laughs> the donkey is still on the property. That's good. That's good. good. Donkeys are good because we're going to need a lot of goats to eat the kudzu. Now, what's the what's the last <laughs> what's the echo, actual acreage you bought now? Because we realized that got that 50, got kind of muddy there. Fifty acres. Fifty point four acres. Fifty point four acres. Big old thing. I drove around it yesterday in my truck and on my mini bike. That was super fun. Zach and I just <laughs> speeding around, jumping ramps. How much of it is covered by four foot tall grass right now? Wow. How many got the really acres? Dark again? <laughs> About fifteen acres are covered with a ridiculous amount of grass. So you got automatically got hey, you need to get the bush hog. You this need to. Not, I'm not sure this is hay, actually, Raj. This is this is. It'll work. Uh, pulk. It'll uh, oh. hay. Uh, thistle. Who pulk salad though? And remember pulk the, salad? I do remember pulk salad. And there's some trees the that are about that thick. So I realized we need a brush hog, not just a bush hog. <laughs> We're gonna need something that cuts the big boys down. So if you've got a tractor and a bush hog that you want to send our way, just do that. Okay. Donations welcome. And because it's a farm, we have to sell $1,000 worth of something on the farm so that we can deduct everything we buy for the farm because then it's an operating farm. So Marlene is going to pick $1,000 worth of blueberries. No, blackberries. We have blackberries all over the farm. Wait, tell me that again. What did you, what did you just say? You have to, the farm has to produce $1,000 worth of income to be considered a farm where then you can deduct everything that you buy for the farm. The tractor. You can deduct it the all. The mule. The everything. Yeah. As long as that. So, like, if you sold timber from it, would that? Yeah. So timber, firewood, uh, hay. Uh, yeah. Blackberries. Well, that's make, what's make me wonder about the hay is whatever part. Of I those might even put a thousand dollar car on the front of it and say, "Hey, for sale." It's got road frontage. It's well, it's really fun nice. to get all these little details about it. That's and Marlena found another place where you can apply for a $10,000 grant if you're a first-time farm buyer, <laughs> which which we are. I mean, we qualify. How many people can say that? We are a first-time farm I, buyer. I have not had so a farm. I've changed my name from Bruce to Jed now. In Clampet. honor of Jed Clampett. 
who is the guy Eddie Arnold? But who? What was his name? Oh. Oliver. 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 That's right. Oliver. Oliver, not Mr. Haney. <laughs> Mr. Haney. What was his last name? Oliver. Oh, it's some yeah. Mr. Mr. Because they would call him Mr. Something. I just remember what yeah what Eva would call it. What, she would call what, him Oliver. 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 <laughs> he was the <laughs> Mr. I'm just going to call you Old McDonald. Old McDonald bought a good. farm. <laughs> Old McDonald bought a farm, and on this farm he had some grass, and it was higher than his <laughs> ass uh, on the property. <laughs> we do have an ass on the property. That, right, exactly. That's very fun. That's why we can use the term ass because you actually super. have one that's eating the grass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He is. Well, he's not eating. He's enough. not doing. He's not doing his fair share. So I was thinking about buying six goats. I'm thinking we're going to need about 600 goats now. Just Those to, things are remarkable. Goats. I mean, well, what they said. I mean, I, no, I'm serious. You. We, they would go a long way. Roger, did you know that humans can eat kudzu? So when you come over, we're going to have kudzu salad. We're going to have boiled kudzu. We're going to have kudzu reductions. <laughs> I remember when on Grandma and Grandpa's farm, you'd have the polk, and they would talk about polk salad, which mm -hmm. just, I eat almost anything, but that didn't sound, that just didn't seem like it well, was real. Well, if you like very polk, it's got a, it's a big, thick, thick maroon stalk with, with these dark green leaves, and apparently you rip the leaves off there, and you throw them in a salad, a little oil and vinegar, and... Uh, I tried it, threw up in my mouth, and told Grandpa it was great as I shoveled it under the table. Why don't you have Grandma freeze some of this for the winter? Yeah, there you go. Frozen pulp. So if it tasted more like spinach, I would have done it. Right, I love spinach. Uh, but no. It had it, its own unique Well, it tasted weedy. like weed. <laughs> it tasted like a weed. It tasted like a weed. This is like what I would imagine... Really, what I would imagine kudzu tastes like. Right. It's apparently got magnesium in it, and some other fun things. So we're going to be eating a lot of kudzu. <laughs> Man, that stuff's invasive. It's all over the place. <laughs> when we bought the farm in the winter, it was like over a hundred days ago that we bought it. The kudzu looked dead and brown, and there wasn't very much of it. Well, now the kudzu is seventy feet tall in trees. Like, I mean, it goes places. Greens up nicely. <laughs> you have quite the uh, ground cover, and so let's segue to the thing we really want to talk about today, which is Esther. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get ahead on my talk for the weekend. <laughs> oh, great! So this is another time where Bruce is using an episode <laughs> as so a talk, talk a talk building <laughs> exercise. Right, so you know what my I feel I feel so used, Bruce. You know what my biggest takeaway that in Esther so far the most quoted line is, "Who knows? But you were raised up for such a time as this." Mordecai speaking to Esther. You need to go before the king, risk your life. I've decided to name this king not King Artaxerxes. I'm going to name him the king that will not be bothered, because. He had, a, he had a law. If you come in unannounced, yeah, you're dead. Can you imagine if your boss had a thing on his office door that said, if you come in without an appointment, you'll be shot on sight? That was King Artaxerxes. He was like, you cannot, he did not want to be bothered. Although it is interesting, even if you think now, like, like you can't just drop by the president. I'm just going to run into the office here. Right. And it, in other words, if you Knock actually. Knock on the Oval Office. Right. You, you probably would get shot. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You. Maybe tackled before, but if they couldn't get to you and you're going into 
the Oval Office, where, where you're right. going any place where the president is, right? And I'm just saying it's unannounced. Unannounced, it's not going to go well. You're you're not on the docket. But I wonder if that's the parallel. I okay. I'm let's sorry. Let's just go with your parallel. Right. I'm doing work here, Rod. Oh yeah. <laughs> We're running out of time to finish your sermon. Hi, Joy. Yes, your we, we do have sound, and we love you too. Hey, and thanks for being Thank a you, Joy. regular watcher of the pastor. She may be the only one, actually. That's I don't yeah. know. I think Joy. I love you. I love you even more. Probably listening. Anne, are you listening? Are you out there? Yep. Yep. You and I. Because you're going to see Anne this we're weekend. We're hanging out this weekend. Well, I don't know that I'll get to see her. You know how it is when you have the when you have the sub, like it's like the it's like the no no one's ever heard of band that leads the big band that's following. So I'm doing the talk on the first night. They're like, "Who's this unknown?" It's really just everyone's there for. So for you're Anne. the lead. So for context, Bruce is teaching. Is it the Jim's conference? Jim's what? conference in Holland, Michigan. He's on the docket I'm with... I'm kicking off the whole thing with a keynote on failure. <laughs> because these are the topics I get asked to talk about. Depression, failure, suffering, <laughs> chaos. Loss. Would rather have shards of glass in my eye than live. You're really good at it. I am good. It's true. It's, it's sad, sad but true. But Ann Voskamp's going to be Ann there. Voskamp's I hope I get a chance to, to meet there. her. Because she's an extraordinary writer, she and is. more importantly, a follower of Jesus that I that I think is the real thing. And no, I res- yeah, I respect. I respect great, her a great deal. Read her book. Well, one of the books she's written, and and have read some of her blogs and so on. Just had to say that, didn't you? I haven't read her book yet, but I'm going to read it on the plane <laughs> rapidly. Um, <laughs> I've read portions of it, and Marlene and I've listened to portions of it on audio. The thousand. Um, Blessings, blessings, yes. Gifts are all by this weekend. I'll have that. (laughs) I will have that down. It's about Thanksgiving, which you can't. There's a lot of yeah good things in that. I'm as so. There's that. But back to Esther. 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 Esther alert. And then you know so and then the other line that people most are familiar with is, is Esther saying, "If I perish, I perish." So I've heard talks on both of those two lines. The line. Who knows that that but that you were raised up for such, such a, time a time as, as this. this, and so that gets a lot of that's easy to work with, you know. And then there's the <laughs> if I perish, I perish. You know, if I die, I die. Are there things that we should be willing to lay our life down? Because this was a justice issue, and part of where I think where I'm going this weekend is: Are we willing to lay down our lives for ju- on justice issues? Because she was. Yeah. Now it affected it directly affected her as well, but she didn't have to say anything because she hadn't at, to this point. No one knew that she was a Jew mm-hmm. at this point. But you know what I thought was the coolest thing? I just read through the whole book in one time. So I just read it like nine chapters. Sometimes that's how I get the, this insight. As soon as she says yes, she says, all right, I'm going. Everybody pray. Everybody fast and pray. That's it. I'm, don't eat for three days. How about that? If I'm going in with the, on, under a death sentence, you're not only going to pray, you're going to pray, and you're not going to eat. All yeah. right? <laughs> so they pray. I need the real prayer. I need real prayer. <laughs> I need the prayer that Jesus was talking about thousands of years from now. Right. Okay? But as soon okay. as, as she says yes, God does something extraordinary. That night, King Artaxerxes couldn't sleep. Insomnia struck, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. And he got to thinking, I can't sleep. Someone read me the someone read me the chronicles and play the fiddle for me at the same time. <laughs> And so they pull out the Chronicles, and in the Chronicles they read that this guy Mordecai had saved his life. You know, there was two people that had, two of his, the king's men, literally, that were going to carry out an assassination attempt. 
And he says, well, what's been done to, to honor Mordecai? I mean, to take care of it. This guy saved the king. They're like, uh, absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> you know how I was going with that. So they bring our boy Haman in, who's sort of the uh, bad guy in the story. And antagonist. Antagonist. <laughs> and of course, Haman's already made, he's already got the king to sign off on a decree where all the Jews are going to be killed 11 months later. I'm... It's, like Amen. A, it's a very interesting Amen. thing that happened there. It's like 11 months later, they rolled the dice, literally. And it landed on the 12th month, 13th day. And they're like, all right, that's the day we're going to kill all the Jews. Which gives them a lot of time to, I don't know, flee the country. Anyway, he's already set his plot in place, you know. Right. But, but Esther says yes. And then God gives the king insomnia. Has the chronicles read. It's like God was whispering, hey, how about we read the chronicles? <laughs> Nobody reads the chronicles. No, but you, Roger, have you ever even read Chronicles? Here's the thing. They would be enormously helpful for me because if, if there was record of being that would jog my memory on things. This is what happens true. when our, the Chronicles when our family gets together. People chronicle things I don't remember, literally. And I make up things all the time. It's just great fun. And Roger's like, did I really do that? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah you did. I had now, that's so if David's sorry. not there. If David's there, he's like, no, he never did that, Bruce. I'm like, hey, work with me here. So it's this cool thing, and then they they honor Mordecai. But it just struck me that when we say yes to something that God's inviting us into behind the scenes in ways that we don't even know, God's at work. God's creating insomnia for a king, and then whispering to him, "Hey, have someone read the Chronicles." Oh, not all of them, just this one about Mordecai. I mean, it's an extraordinary story of God's, I believe, intervention in that moment. But doesn't it also speak to this thing that we've talked that? What God needs from us, or wants a different, is just to say yes, and and it does set. Yes. In other words, He's. I just said it. Right. He's <laughs> He's at work. He's got all the power. Yes. But He draws us in. He wants us to be players, not token, not puppets. And so even here, not token and not puppets, because she has a decision to make. And, she, and Mordecai even says so. He said. He said. If you don't, if you don't do this thing, God will raise up someone else. I mean, I just love that. He's right. not putting this like pressure on her at the level of because I thought uh, part of my thought was why didn't Mordecai do it? Right. Mordecai has been honored by the king recently. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go in and see if the scepter comes out or if you get killed? Mm-hmm. But he knew. It's interesting. He knew the the king had a super soft spot for Queen Esther, and he did obviously because when she came before him, he said. I'll give you anything up to half the kingdom. Which seems pretty darn generous <laughs> to me. I mean, like half the, like half the kingdom, half the kingdom? Because at that point, I'd be thinking, half the kingdom sounds good. <laughs> right. <laughs> not not going to parse this out Which too much. might be why she said, let me get back to you. Because she did two banquets back to, I don't know if you remember that part of the story. Yep. It's hilarious. She goes, have a banquet, yep. you and Haman, and me, we'll have a little banquet, and I'll think through that half the kingdom thing. <laughs> And then he goes, so they come to the banquet, and the king goes, all right, what do you want up to half the kingdom? She goes, let's do another banquet tomorrow. It's funny that she's in this, I don't know if she's in this space of, you know, where I, this is, I got a lot of options here. But Now, but think about that there, just right there. Yeah. Think about that. Because I've not thought about it before. Uh, well, I provoke thought. That's yeah, Oh, I absolutely. Do. Absolutely. Um, but... Even there, isn't there a teaser to sidetrack her? 
She goes oh, into the king. Yeah. I'm just saying. And he offers half the kingdom. I mean, get her down right there. Part of where I think is, isn't there the possible... But you just set up this actually even greater tension of to get off the mission. now Because we know money. Money talks. I mean, yep. it, so you start... So if you mean in that day, he's offering just stunning amount of wealth and power. So now she she's going in, she wants this thing that's that's related to okay, saving the Jewish people, but she gets offered door number two. Yeah. And she stays with door number one. Yep. And it, it, anyway, that's I just, great. No, that's great. But and uh, whatever the reason for two nights in a row. Now the other thing was King Artaxerxes, Artaxerxes was known for feasting, loved drinking and feasting and all that. Very lavish. You know, at one point he even did a six month celebration. Everyone's just going to eat and drink everything that they want for six. I can't even imagine. Six, get, the man had to be large. You, you think about it's like a six month cruise. It's like a six month cruise. You're eating and drinking right, you, whatever, you, you want. whatever you want. It's and so, and so, God does this thing, and so gives not only Esther favor at the beginning of the story because the king was he he just because of I think all the prayers and everything else he 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 grants her favor, but Mordecai also had his favor because he becomes after Haman is then executed. If you don't know the story, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, it doesn't it. And, yes. and Mordecai becomes kind of the number two guy in the in the all that all, the, all that to say. And then when you read the history that's not written in scripture, interestingly enough, she was only queen and he was only king for twenty one years. This happened in the twelfth year, so she only had nine years after this. And then they were both killed by the next assassination plot by Vashti's by people loyal to Vashti, who was the queen that queen yes. that was deposed. Dep- Really? Because they wanted Vashti's son on the throne, not Esther's. So nine years later, she got killed. Which, it's, a, it's an interesting story about how God uses us in, in seasons. And, right. Because it's very likely she was around 14 years of age. There's, they say, I was just reading the, the Jewish, okay, not the, the, the Bible, but the Jewish chronicles on this thing. And it's like, they assume that she was about 14 years old. Which means she could have died at 23. She well, she yeah, Nine she years. had uh, at least twelve years with him, so twenty six. Oh, okay, okay, yes. Uh, and and <laughs> it was the seventh year that she was brought in. Seven, fourteen, and fourteen. So twenty, right around twenty eight. So she died around twenty eight, twenty nine. Anyway, interesting story. But I'm I'm coming from that point of when we say yes, and sometimes we're saying yes to what we don't know yet. Right. Are we? I mean, that's kind of where I'm finishing the whole thing. I got this from Jennifer Jen Hand at the Speak Up conference. I remember that, yeah. She says, my yes is on the table. And she just wrote a book on that called My Yes is on the Table. It's a very good book. You ought to read it. I've only heard her do two talks on it, which is fantastic. And after the book got published this summer, you know, My Yes is on the Table. In other words, it's saying yes to God before you even know what he's going to ask you to do. As soon as she got the book published, God says, now I want you to go and do what you put in the book. And so he sent her to Ukraine. She went to Ukraine this summer Mm. for two weeks and just worked with trauma victims she at one point was fearing for her life because they were under intense bombing and so she wrote out notes for the speak up conference she said in case i don't make it to the speak up conference here's what i want you to read to people there at one point she's on the 16th floor of an elevator 
bombs are dropping, the elevator stops, all the power goes out. She's in a dark elevator, 16 floors high, and there's a lady that she leads to Christ in the elevator, a Ukrainian lady. Yeah. Fascinating story where, where multiple times she said she feared for her life. She goes, it's, it's worse than, she just said it's worse than you think over there. I mean, it's worse than right. you think. And she was just going over there to bring hope, and, and she's a trauma counselor, and all that to say she was actually doing what she says to do in the book, which is super important because... Jesus said about the Pharisees. Uh, okay, so they're sitting in Moses' seat. So you have to do what they tell you to do. He said, but, but, or you have to do what they say. He said, but don't do what they do, hmm. because they do not practice what they preach. We're just reading that, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty convicting. I was thinking though, geez, maybe, maybe yeah. I won't preach on Esther this week. <laughs> right. I'm kidding. It may not go well. Well, man, there's so many thoughts of flood, but so. Um, I think one way we do that advance, yes, that is just praying the Lord's prayer. Your will be done. Yeah. Isn't that if when I start a day, when I literally pray that, yeah, with any kind of integrity, or I'll say, no, beyond integrity, with any kind of intent, any kind of intent, and I'm aware, where I say, your will be done. But what I also love, what's and it's so important about Esther's story and and her, you know, the gal who wrote this. But Esther's story, saying the yes, like there's this real, there's this great moment. Her yes ends up in the saving of a bunch of people, but it's not okay. And then she sails into the sunset, and everything's roses after that, and she lives right. a good long life. Right. You know, it reminds me of so much of. John the Baptist. Uh, I was just thinking, same thing. John the Baptist. <clears throat> right. Because this whole series of talks that Cove Church is doing is called Influencers. And, I, you know, I just, you know me, I'm a word guy. I looked up this whole idea. What is influence? What is an influencer? And it's yeah. a person who guides or informs or inspires others to make decisions. Yeah. So in our culture, it's about marketing decisions, about money decisions, <laughs> about sales. If yeah. you're an influencer, you're, you're moving. But I'm like, we're all influencers. Do you know what the antonym to influencer is? I was surprised by this. This is where I'm going to conclude. Follower or disciple. Huh. That's the antonym to influencer. And I thought Jesus is the ultimate influencer. And our job as follower disciples yeah. of the influencer wow. is to guide, direct, and inspire yeah. others to follow. I just... I, that's so. That's yeah. I'm very excited about this talk. No, that's good. <laughs> but I was because I, I was like, in our world, you want to be the influencer, right? And I'm like, no, I want to be the follower. I mean, I really do. And whatever influence God's given me, because John the Baptist, he was one of the people I thought of. he was an influencer, right. but short life. But what, 31 years maybe? And he says that beautiful thing. Someone only receives what's only given receive to him from, from God. My window of influence. Yes. And this is prophetic. God gives him his, his window of influence. But that window, he doesn't even know how short that's... <clears throat> even where he says, he right. must increase... I don't think he knew exactly what that was going to look like. Nope. He didn't. But he said the yes. He kept saying the yes. And here's the thing. Yes. I would, love yes. To, I would love to just put out there... 
when you say the yes, you sail in the sunset, everything goes great. Um, no, your will be done. It could be that God's purposes involve pain, suffering, death, early early death, early death. It's again, it's not like you, you, when I if we if we look at if I say yes to God, it's part of a formula for the the life I want to have or the or right. if, by that I mean the life that's going to go well if I just track in what God wants for me and if I do what he wants then that's going to I'll be able to have the long life that I want the life of the life that says <laughs> thy will be done will be short or long as determined by God you might get long life like Billy Graham or you might get short life like William Borden yeah both said yes to God in terms of I'm going to take the gospel to oh, the, the world right uh, William Borden, 28, I mean, just very, super young. And he was the one that wrote at the end of his life, you know, no return, no yeah. reserves, because he, he was he was going to inherit the entire Borden, like Borden milk, Borden everything industry. Estate, yeah. And he just said, he said no to all that. And then at the end, right before he died, he said no regrets. And I just thought, didn't this, so the, this, even when I think about Jesus, 33 years on the planet, isn't very long. Oh, right. I mean, that was, that he honored his father, <laughs> So that his years would be long upon the earth, but long was determined by his father. And even, even there, like he, if if I'm using our terms, he launched his ministry. Yes. At around age thirty, we believe, right? right. So he, that's when he launched his ministry, and so he has three years right. um, that actually don't look terribly consequential in the moment. <laughs> they. He does a lot of preaching out in the countryside. He's talking, you know, uh, there's a pretty large crowds, but mainly commoners and, you and, know, just and, average folk, yes. blue collar. And think about it. You've already had over 30 <sighs> years of ministry. Yeah. Do you think you've accomplished as much as Jesus in three? I don't think you I don't think you've given me 300 years because I'm closing on 30 years of ministry. But I read the, the last <laughs> verse of John today. I just love that verse. And it says... He just says, it's sort of like it's an interesting thought. He's like, I suppose if everything that Jesus said and did was recorded, not all the books in the world would be able to hold it. And I'm like, Wait, Jesus did so much more than is even... When you think about it, the Gospels actually only record a few moments right. in those three years. Right. Which is interesting. Um, yeah, John is mostly conversations or teachings yeah. or, or inter, inter, exchanges he has. Very few even stories. And more than half the book is just the final week. <coughs> yes. I mean, it's just this very compressed narrative mm-hmm. uh, toward, the, toward the beginning. All that to say, that's why I appreciate all four Gospels. You get, you get these interesting takes on, on everything. But it reminded me again, I'm willing to say yes before I know. It's one thing if God says, I want you to do this thing. And we say yes. That was a little more of Noah's story. That was a little more of Jonah's story. Uh, Noah said yes. Jonah said no. God still affected his will, interestingly enough, even in Jonah's life. Right. But I thought about Abraham. He said yes before he re- he had any idea where they're going. That's a classic, classic Class- example. Classic of yes before you know. Right. Isaiah said yes. I'll go for you. He didn't know exactly what he was going to be sharing said yes. Jeremiah clearly had no idea what he was getting into when he said yes. Because at the end, I mean, several chapters in, he's like, alright, you tricked me. Right. That, I see what you did there. 
I thought it was going to be, I'm going to be really a super prophet. Fair. Everyone's going to love me. <laughs> so far, it's been beatings, floggings, stocks, and welts. <laughs> Not good. Oh, and by the way, no one's paying any attention to me. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. That's this. Thank you all. This has been so helpful for the talk this weekend <laughs> on Esther. Which, the book could have been called Mordecai, I suppose, too. It's just interesting how we name books. But I love the fact that a woman was named, that she was given the name. Same thing with Ruth. That's just important, I think, on multiple fronts. Right. Seems to me that Deborah should have had a book. (laughs) She was remarkable. She was remarkable. No, I I was coming back to that thought for a second, too, of the significance of a yes where... Even come back to again, our decisions do matter. Whatever we understand about sovereignty, and I believe God is absolutely sovereign, but this mystery of God's choosing and our choosing is always in play. And there's this part of it that once you gotta hold both of those in a powerful tension without dismissing either. Yes. But this consistent word that listen, the choices today I make matter. The <clears throat> Saying yes in small things or large things. And we might think of it even being like a thing like a a mission. Okay, but what if it's just forgiving this person? What if it's just giving generously more than what you want, um, giving dangerously or something where we're facing the decision, but this beautiful word you brought up, when... We say the yes when we step yeah, into God does stuff. It, yes, that's and we, can we and, give and Roger, that's and that's why sometimes we, we're afraid to say yes because we're looking for well, what is God doing right now? What have I already seen that tells me this is going to work? Right. In other words, and once it's it's, it's an it's failure analysis. Yes. What are the chances that this is actually going to work? Is this going to go well? <laughs> and 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 Esther's looking at it, and I think her her analysis is I will probably die. I think that's why she said what right. she did. I will probably die, but I'm going to give it a whirl, okay? Yeah. Because millions of people, this could save their life. But but she says yes, literally putting her life on the line. I can think of a few times I've put my reputation on the line, multiple times where I've put, like, money on the line. Never put my life on the line. She puts her life on the line, and then God goes to work. I just love that. Yeah. Wow. Oh, Esther, watch this. King's not going to sleep a wink tonight. And he doesn't get the chronicles nobody gets the chronicles you think about my mind is going to the yeses i think of the yes of mary oh Jesus yeah his mother also in that 14 years old 14 year old <laughs> yeah. age group very young and she gets to say be it to me she has her yes so be it yes is it this yeah it's and now what you look at what's on the line there what she's got to contemplate because her mind's got to start this is Oh, How do I explain this to my mother? If you do analysis on that one, you're going to say no every time. It's like, first of all, you're likely to lose Joseph. And we already know that if an angel doesn't intervene, she does lose Joseph. And loses her life. Reputation. Her life's on the line at the stoning level. There's... You're exactly right. And here's the thing. You know, again, I, I love to think what Mary might have assumed. My assumption if I have Mary is you're going to share this with Joseph. <laughs> I, it's just important. That's just an important detail. I'm thinking, certainly God, if he can send an angel to me, can send one to Joe. 
just right over there. You can just run over there. Let's knock that out. And it would have been helpful if you had actually had the conversation with him first. Makes mine a little yep. bit easier. <laughs> yep, because then he has to go through the whole thing of, I, I think I'm going to have to let this her go. This turmoil, this anguished, this anguished turmoil. See, so when we do the song edition, yeah. we're going to do one whole season of songs. We're going to do the Beatles song, or Paul McCartney, Let It Be. Yeah. Mother Mary Comes to Me, Let It Be. It's a very interesting song. Right. And it is this Thy Will Be Done. It's a Thy Will Be Done song. Who knew that 60s I think that rock was something could have he some cool stuff wrote in, there. in relation to something his mother said. I was hearing something on that. Anyway, it could be. That would be a fascinating. Very interesting song <laughs> to, to work into the mix for the music season. But this word you're, you've been hitting home to again, where the yes, the yes involves trust. The yes not knowing. Every now and then, Jesus would say where it's going. Um, to Paul, he'd say, I've called you. Oh, and by the way, you're going to have floggings and there's going to be whatever, this suffering and all kinds of... So sometimes there's, okay, this is what the yes is. But so often Jesus is simply asking, trust me, even, even, even when you think about the disciples, follow me. What are they... They have no idea where that's no going to take No idea them. where that's going. Right. Um, there's this part that may be very... Well, they obviously thought it was going to bring a certain amount of honor to them because the first thing they're like, well, who's going to be the greatest? I mean, they're just immediately on that track. Right. But they don't know. Mm-hmm. Even that word that right. Jesus gives to James and John when they're asking for um, right. the top cabinet seats uh, in the kingdom. Yes, the cabinet uh, seats. Who would I see somebody... Somebody was... I think it was Tim Keller said, yeah, they go to him and they say, now when you get elected, uh, we want the two top cabinet position. I want to be Secretary of Defense, and the other one wants to be Secretary of Offense. <laughs> I want to take out those Samaritans. Yeah, they did. <laughs> but um, Jesus does say, yeah, you're going to drink the cup. Can can you drink the cup? And they're, oh, yes, oh, of course we can. Not knowing what they were saying. Nope. <laughs> their yes was on the table. But their yes oh. was on the table. Yeah. And they had, and they stayed with it. And, and that was that's a, and that's another thing. That's that's the whole thing. That's a that's a different talk. But there is that thing of having the yes on the table, then finding out the mission, going to the mission, getting into the mission. The mission's getting harder and harder, and this temptation to go, yeah, that's a that's a hard no now. Take that, can I that yes? I'm gonna take that back. We're gonna make this a problem. I'm gonna put my probably on the table. And isn't that maybe part of what when the Jesus Bible talks about perseverance? It's it's keeping the yes. When you start, when the yes, when you realize the yes is going to cost me some things I didn't realize, will my yes stay well, on, on the, the table? And a, one thing I thought oh, we should probably, uh, an answer we should probably never give God is maybe. That seems to fall in the Laodicean camp. I'd rather hear a yes or a no than a maybe. I'd rather be hot or cold right. than, the, than lukewarm. Or the maybe is... Yeah, let me know exactly... A trial run. A trial run. Let's, Let's experiment with this thing. See how it goes. Yeah, because there's certain things now I can buy, but I've got like 48 hours. I can decide... You know, you know, we have these moments where, whether it's a, a car purchase, certain kinds of purchases, you have this... I know we've recently, Joy and I, the home equity loan, but now 
we signed this contract, but we had like 48 hours, maybe 72. Yeah, I think there's three days. So we went on the yes, but they gave us this three... Don't we want that with God maybe sometimes? I just want to see how this works out. Um, I realize I just made a... A few days ago, this last week, our family's been trying to get together in North Carolina, Uh and I had gotten a... Uh, a rental on Emerald Isle and but it had this I had 48 hours and actually in that case I decided 24 hours in um, partly because I sort of found a better deal but I didn't yeah anyway so 24 hours in I canceled boom got my money whatever and give me three days give me three days Lord give and me that's, three right, that's days that's what we want to decide yeah and then I can assess, am I comfortable with what I'm getting here? If, But if I discover, oh, my goodness, that's going to, okay, I'd like to cancel, please. Yes, I'd like to cancel. Well, I even thought about Gideon on the front end. He's being raised up by God to do this thing, the whole fleece thing. You know, I hear people do, they'll lay out a fleece, you know, figuratively lay out a fleece. And I realize it, it, it creates in us this desire to know for 100% absolutely sure how this is going to go. All right, God, if it's 100% absolute yours, then I want my windows to be iced over in the morning, even though it's 104 degrees out and 90% humidity. Because then I'll know. And so it happens, and then we go, dang it. All right, how about this? Because right. when you think about what Gideon did, it's like, this has got to be really close to testing God. He said, all right, let's try it again. That, that was a little too simple. This time we're going to make the fleece dry, ground wet. That is, but it also brings it back to it. God loves his kids. We're just a mess. He he didn't get frustrated with Gideon. It's and and even when we reconsider our yes, yes, when we're thinking about again, there's grace. God knows we might be mute for our frame. He remembers right. that we're. <laughs> yeah, there was that time. It wasn't Zachariah that question that he could have a baby at that age he goes well actually this was the angel's decision he said tell you what you're not going to be able to speak right because you didn't believe the word of the lord well <laughs> he couldn't even say what at that point but it's intriguing even there the times where god does that and he doesn't right there's sometimes I, someone doubts I or they know. questions or they laugh and and there's not you know and then there are other times um but all in all of it and that is a beautiful reminder is even when we struggle with our yes, even when we want to take it off, God is gracious. He's merciful. Um, even you look how merciful he was with Jonah, who just, forget a yes, put the no out there. Oh, ev- yeah, his, ev- it, eventually gives his no a, was on the table. a forced yes, yes, right? He's, okay, you've, you've forced my hand. I don't want a whale incident again or large so, fish incident, so I'm going to... They've, they've called Esther the reluctant influencer. But I'm like, no, the, the reluctant influencer in my mind was both Moses and, and Jonah. <laughs> Jonah. Moses is like, I'm really not your guy. I'm not much of a talker. Sure, I'm going to go on to write five books of the Bible, but communication is really not my thing. <laughs> That's just so funny to me. And, of course, Jonah, who's like, nope, not your guy. Not, not happening. Don't want to be. <laughs> Don't want to be. I mean, just I, it's that. But it's almost like, God, but you're a prophet, so you really don't have a choice. Yeah, but I'm. We're 
I've got family over on the island. We're just we're gonna head over there. No, it's it's great. And, and God and God works with him and works through him. And even at the end, he's still quite unhappy with God for saving all the. That's that's the ultimate reluctant prophet or the reluctant yeah. influencer in that sense. Or maybe maybe there's a better word for that. Because he wasn't reluctant; he was rebellious. Oh, resistant. Yeah, no, he's, was, the, yeah he's, he's the resistant yeah, I'm influencer. Not, right, it's not... But isn't that great? Hasn't God used me in spite of myself when I said no? Oh, gosh, yes. And I hadn't... I said no. <laughs> <laughs> it's confusing when you say yes right after I say no. <laughs> this may be... We've yes, probably no, said no, the no, words yes, yes, no, no, yes in this yes, episode. No. This is the yes episode. This is the yes episode. <laughs> so we can... Yep. Yeah, <laughs> all the ways we say yes, <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Yep, gonna do it. Yeah, right, right on. Okay, uh, consider will do. Will do. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. <laughs> will do. That was one of those. Uh, it's kind of a might. <laughs> will do. Am doing is better. Doing it now. <laughs> right. It's like someone asks you to pray for them. I don't wait to pray for them. I do it right then. <laughs> because I'm, otherwise, I'm going to forget. I'm going to settle in. I will pray for you. Well, that's... No, it doesn't work for me. Others, It might work for others because they have a much more structured prayer life. But I'm like, no, i got to pray right now, right this minute. Otherwise, I'll forget. Not good. I think... Um, sometimes we find ourselves scrambling for a final word or a final... But I think about the yes... And again, I just come back to this this challenge I'd put out there, and mm. you can find a cute way of saying it uh, or a nice slogan. But start your day with a yes by just your will be done. Find actually your will be done. Okay, that's not typical language you use. What would just be a language? What is your way of saying that guy to God at the start of every day? What would it look like? I mean, for, I'm just saying for Raj day, yeah. now, I get out of my porch early in the morning yep. just to start, maybe open my hands and I say, okay. And I, I do something like that. So it's your world. It's my stuff. My life is yours. Yes. Um, the stuff I have, everything with my name on it is yours. So what do you want to do today? What, what do you want me to be open to? What wrong idea might you want to be working on today that I don't want to say yes to? I, I, we think about yes to a mission, but what about saying yes to a place I might be wrong? Roger, the way I've been saying it in my prayers are, you know what's best, and I want your best. In other words, sometimes oh, that's even, good. even as I that's pray good. that, it makes me a little scared because I'm like, but even we're praying about the farm, I'm like, God, if you know this isn't going to be best for our family, then just help the whole thing to follow through. You know, we lose all the money we put into it. doesn't matter. Right. If it's not going to be something good for us. And, and again, I'm not, I, I've been praying the Lord's Prayer, the Disciples' Prayer, right. for years now. And I think it really was triggered by a, a, a talk you did years ago on the Lord's Prayer. The, I mean, Lord's, well, Disciples' Prayer, whatever yeah. you want to call it. But his uh, God's best starts with our yes. Yes. It's funny you said that. Did you like that? No, I was thinking the other way around. I, my my, my brain yes had, leads to God's best. Right. That's where. That's the one. That but it's. <laughs> but it is that your will be done from the beginning, and it doesn't mean we can't ask for what we want. Jesus did that yes. in the garden, but he said, nevertheless, I just love that. Nevertheless, your best be done. Right. You know what's best, and I want your best. So I'm saying yes, 
to this thing. And Jesus was saying yes to a very, 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 very hard, yes. hard thing. Because uh, it wasn't if I perish, I perish. It was, yeah, I'm going to perish. <laughs> you know. But I'm saying yes uh, on the front end. And God's best doesn't, is our yes. It doesn't mean, again, everything's going to be roses and wonderful. That's what I love about the God's best is God's going to work with your yes. And even though it may not go well for you, you look at Esther, you look at anybody, you look at, even though it may not go well for you, there could be, it, it didn't go well for Jesus, but it went really well for us. And you realize that God's best has to do with the whole world. God's best has to do, it's, he could look at John the baptizer's life and, okay, you got to trust me. You got to trust me. Well, and in one sense, I think the re, uh, this is I've thought of this for years, but it's the, John the Baptizer. I think God took him out of the picture so that there wasn't confusion about who was Messiah. I mean that because you had thousands of people that are that are okay, thronging yes. to John the Baptist, yes. and now there's this competition between disciples about John's disciples and Jesus' disciples yeah. that comes up several times right. in, in different ways. And God's like, "Yeah, John, your work's done now, forerunner, and bye bye." Yeah. Now Jesus is center stage. Yeah. Okay. But but would we take would we want that assignment? You know. Right. Hey Roger, you got three years, and then uh, your influence is going to be over. You're going to be thrown in prison and killed. Right. But think about I, when I think of John the Baptizer, I think of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I'm going to stay in Germany. I'm going to keep preaching the gospel. I'm going to care for Jews and Germans. <laughs> right. And three days before the end of the war, he is executed he's in prison. Okay. But man, did he influence. Still influences today. That's good. What a great... So our best... No, our yes leads to God's best. That's good. I'm not going to add to it. I mean, I'm tempted to. You know, because you always feel like you can get it a little better. Don't do it. Don't do it.